0: Gary Parrish, welcome back to CBS Sports' Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, Dota Birds, Leaky Black. Matt Norlander is here with me. He's in Fayetteville, Arkansas. But tonight's Duke versus Arkansas showdown inside Bud Walton, I'm at home. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You have consent. And don't forget to also subscribe to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel. While you're here, let's get into it. The most notable game of the inaugural SCC-ACC Challenge. It was Tuesday night, Miami at Kentucky. It was supposed to be competitive, and it was, but only for a half. Final score, Kentucky 95, Miami 73. John Calipari's Wildcats outscored the Hurricanes 53-36 in the final 20 minutes to improve to 6-1 on the season. Lone loss coming to Kansas. I moved UK up to number 8-8. In Wednesday morning's updated CBS Sports Top 25 and 1 daily college basketball rankings. Dead leg, I know you were bouncing around Fayetteville last night, calling yeah. hogs and who knows <laughs> what else. <No.
1: laughs>
0: I know what you were doing last night. What'd you make, though, of Kentucky's I- destruction of Miami inside Rupp that came with DJ Wagner only playing 10 minutes because of? an ankle injury he suffered.
1: Yeah, I noticed that as well. Uh, Right off the top, hello from Arkansas. Uh, I don't have my typical board here, so you're going to notice a slight difference in audio Quality wanted to at least acknowledge that right off the top there. Thanks for everyone. People recording. don't people
0: don't know this. Um, uh, uh, the state of Arkansas will not allow you to bring podcasting equipment. I
1: looked it up, and it's 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 forbidden inside. Can't cross the borders. the borders with it. Can't cross the borders with it. So uh, so it's here... a little bit
0: like gummies, you know. In some states you're cool, but in other states you're not.
1: Fair enough. There we yeah. go. Right off the rails right away. Chat is eager to go, uh, particularly after a Kentucky win. We'll dive right in here. The chat uh, poll question, by the way, is: Do you now think Kentucky will win the SEC? We'll get to those results a little bit later on the show. I did watch the majority of this game, uh, was out at dinner for the first half and 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 saw it. And I was glad to see that it was competitive to start. And damn GP. Um, number of ways we can go with this. So uh, real quick on the Wagner stuff. Yeah, he has the injury. Um, he got on the bike soon thereafter. Hopefully he's good. The fact that it didn't even matter is obviously notable for Kentucky. We wait to see his status moving forward, and hopefully that's not something that lingers there. Reed Shepard is, again, the story here. Um, He helped Kentucky to 1.32 points per possession, which is obviously a scorcher there. Uh, Nigel Pack and Matthew Cleveland could not um, combine, come close to matching Reed Shepard's output. I mean, Pack only had two points. Cleveland had five. Uh, It was... Kind of a throwback win for Kentucky in the sense that uh, I remember plenty of games like this in the first half of John Calipari's tenure where they would play a notable opponent and find a way to wear uh, that opponent down over the course of a game. And then you would look up and see, well, damn, um, this thing is completely over. You've still got, uh, I don't know, six and chains left to go in this bad boy. Uh, that's what happened last night. Shepard was the biggest key. Um, he is number one. He is not, as we speak this Wednesday morning, Gary Parish, he is number one nationally in effective field goal percentage. I'm number apt- one nationally in effective field goal. percentage. You are nowhere close. Reed Shepard, however, Can't. is an absolutely ludicrous 85.9% in effective field goal percentage for those who might not be familiar with the stat, although it's not new that weights your three point attempts into it as opposed to traditional field goal percentage which can be sometimes slightly misleading uh Shepard's number two nationally in three-point percentage shooting 63.3 percent oh by the way he's top five in steel percentage this is all for Ken Palm's page of course 6.9 percent that equates to 3.1 swipes per game so it is uh is becoming a very real thing. The Reed Shepard mania. We've talked about him obviously on the, on the pod before he's not the only reason why I thought Antonio Reeves had himself quite a good game. I thought Trey Mitchell had himself quite a good game. Those two players combined for 32 points. In addition to Justin Edwards, also showing some flashes and oh, hello uh, though. He didn't have a great shooting night. Rob Dillingham still came off the bench to be impactful. So um, it's a bit of a coda here from a recent episode. Kentucky's not just good. Kentucky is damn fun to watch. And I will give a shout here uh, to an interesting stat that I saw on Twitter late uh, late on Tuesday night. Uh, credit to Corey Price, who does statistics work for Kentucky. It's the first time since 89, since 89, that Kentucky has gone with 95 plus points in four straight games. Kentucky's not just good. They're fun. They are a wagon. And there are many reasons why. But the biggest one clearly at this point is Reed Shepard, who has turned himself into a real NBA prospect with a quickness. And by that, I mean literally a potential one and done. I don't know if it's going to be that at the end of the season, but that conversation has now been kickstarted in a major way.
0: You mentioned Ken Palm. You see, do you see that Ken Pomeroy character? He's popping off on Twitter last night.
1: Oh, he was, he, he I was always, he got a little cocky last night. That Ken I, Pom. I, I saw it. If you're going to mention it, do you have the tweet? I'll bring it up. If you don't, I, we might as well read it pervade him. If we're going to do this. Um, Here's what he said. I, so, I think,
0: I think you should misquote him.
1: No, I'm not. I wouldn't dare.
0: I think you I wouldn't
1: should dare. Misquote him. Okay. So real quick on my, and then it's all you cheapy. Um, Miami all of last season was just it It was ranked lower at Ken Palm than than it would than its performance. And if you watched him, it would indicate. Right. But Pomeroy's algorithm doesn't care about any of that. And regardless, Miami wound up making a run to the final four. And then heading into this season, Miami was one of the more notable lower ranked teams heading in compared to it being you know, a team that was preseason top 25 coming off the final four. Miami at the start of the season was 45th at Kent Palm. So um, in the midst of this huge Kentucky run, Kentucky at one point went on a 45 to 18 run to bury Miami. Uh, Pomeroy wanted to uh, to try and bury the media. He said one of the perks of being a proper noun here, media darling is like Miami, is that if you get run off the floor by a quality team, the media will give all the credit to the opponent <laughs> instead of reevaluating its opinion of you. Uh, I believe Ken would agree with me that a one-game sample at, on a 5-1 and one start wouldn't necessarily uh, validate Miami standing as a sub-40 team on his ranking, but perhaps he will be proven to be right. Um, I'm, still, I'm still in on Miami being one of the 40 best teams in the country. I don't know about you.
0: Kim Palm was doing you
1: down. He was doing you down. He, he did, You know what? He, he brought it Yeah, that he was brought it in. Yes, absolutely. Is that how you do it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there you go. He was doing there you, you down. You down. Ken Palm,
0: just breaking out a you down on the middle of a Tuesday night. What a uh, scene
1: that was. I know. I know.
0: Hey, I know. who had Reed Shepard being Zach Eadie's biggest challenger to national player Dude. of the year? Because that's where we're at.
1: GP, that's not an exaggeration. The power rankings right now really might be one and and Reed Shepard, too.
0: Um, We talk about this every offseason. It's my favorite thing about the sport is that no other – I don't want to say no other sport because I remember, like, I didn't know who Jameis Winston was, and then he was the leading candidate to win the Heisman Trophy after one game. Uh, So I I guess it's not unique to this sport entirely. But it happens in this sport – every single year we can spend seven months discussing what we think is going to be the biggest stories in the sport once the season gets started and then it's just something else it's just always something else and we didn't say a word about reed Shepard the entire offseason except for maybe i don't really know why other than his father played there what are you doing you're like right, 79th yeah. in your class according to 24-7 sports. And I know right. that's lower
1: than most, but, like, whatever. <laughs> no, it, just stop bringing it up. Kentucky fans are going to I gonna, should just stop that. bringing it up. You, stop bringing I should it be up. a good, good yep. company man and stop mentioning that. Yep.
0: <laughs> hey, can't we go in? Who <laughs> who did this? <laughs> I mean, no. No, I'm not getting into that okay. because that's just, like, uh, that, that's just. oh, by. It's just, like, people bringing up, like, draft grades that I used to do. <laughs> By the way, nobody's tweeted me about Jordan Poole in a year. Well, how about Emmanuel Quickly? I haven't heard a word okay. about him. Redemption. in a long time. <laughs> you people, get, people get real quiet after a while. Yeah, but not it's, such just, a media it's just immediate. Like, anymore of those players, are they? Okay,
1: there we go. Is, is,
0: is Jordan Poole is now the the most embarrassing player in the NBA, and nobody tweets me about him ever? All right, so this is a. It, it could be like that. I, I have no interest in like piling like whatever it's just it's a real thing that uh that i don't know why we can't go in and change it like can't we go in? like don't no, can i get that's not I how just, it works his, i just converted i got over. an email that said i needed to convert to something to be able to do some other stuff did you convert yet
1: i i have converted yes
0: okay i converted too i feel like that gives me the ability to go into 24 7 sports and i'm gonna <laughs> jump re-shepherd into the top 15
1: let's uh let's not do
0: that i think i'm going to <laughs> I'm going to do that later today. It'll just save a lot of us, a lot of. It just uh-huh. it'd be helpful. Okay. It'd be helpful. He's terrific. He's like he knows ball. Yeah. And our friend Sam Vicini, who will join us in just a bit. Yes. Uh, did tweet, and Sam is um, with with all due respect. I don't want to pit my friends against each other. I'll just say Sam is one of the best uh, NBA draft analysts uh, that exist. He's, he he is, and I've told him this, he's the type of person where if my opinion is dramatically different than his, I will reevaluate my opinion on a prospect because I, I, I respect not. him. Yeah, I, I respect him that much. Yeah. And he tweeted last night um, that Reed Shepard's a real one-and-done candidate. Like, he just is. It doesn't matter what you what, what you thought he was coming into college. Um, he, he has clearly established himself as that at this point. He was 8 of 13 from the field last night, 5 of 9 from 3. 21. And here's the other thing. It ain't just shooting Mm -mm. like he's an unbelievable shooter, but he's not just a shooter. 21 points. Great. That's the headline. Five rebounds, four assists, three steals. That's great. He's now averaging 12.3 points, 3.9 rebounds, 3.6 steals in 24.7 minutes per game. He's shooting a team high 65.2% from the field, a team high 63.3% from three. A 6'3 guard shooting 65% from the field is outrageous. He is only sixth in minutes played at Kentucky. That's got to change. I had somebody tweet me last night, um, like, is is Reed Shepard going to be Tyler Ulis? In the sense that, if you remember that 2015, uh, yeah, 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 that Kentucky team, listen, they lost one game ever, so, so it's not fair to be like, I, I agree. Like, they lost one game, all right? So, when people say, if John Calipari would have just played the right people, they lost one game, ever, all right? But he did, I'll just, I'll let you evaluate what I'm about to say. Willie Colley-Stein was the leading, uh, uh, uh led the team in minutes per game at 25.9. Then it was Aaron Harrison, 25.8. Andrew Harrison, 25.5. And after that, you had Tyler Euless 23.8. Devin Booker, 21.5. Carl Anthony Towns, 21.1. There was a team at Kentucky that had Willie Colleystein, Aaron Harrison, and Andrew Harrison playing more minutes than Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns, not to mention Tyler Eulis, who was the best point guard on that team. Is this going to be that? There was a the suggestion made to me. I don't think so. I think it, and you know what? Nobody wants this, but honestly, the DJ Wagner ankle thing might be helpful here in the sense that it it forces you to have to play Reed Shepard more. When he's on the court, Kentucky is terrific. Um, He's sixth on the team in minutes played right now. I think um, you could could make an argument that he needs to be the leading minutes per game guy on that roster and that he might be soon.
1: He might be. Um, I'm open to the possibility of that being the case. I'm also open to the possibility at this stage of the season, which isn't to say – Shepard would be the same a month from now, let alone, you know, end of February that he might be excelling specifically because of the role that he has in the minutes he's playing. Um, I think both could be possible, um, but we, we might be about to find out um, if in a starting role playing North of Provided he's out there. I mean, playing with north of 25 minutes per game, if he can go. Aaron Bradshaw, by the way, five star big man, is set to make his debut for Kentucky. Uh, and what a big addition that's going to be to Kentucky's front court. You would think that's set to happen in the next week. And so there's another dynamic, and that, you know, maybe that impacts um, rotations one way or the other. But Kentucky is six and one, uh, looking every bit the top 10 team that it has been so far the season. And it's about to get another really, really good player on the floor. So keep that in mind as well. Um, Shepard has been a star in his role. He's not again, I, I will reinforce this. Uh, particularly after Tuesday night, he was he was he was the man, but they are getting a lot in a lot of ways. And some of this is also Shepard. It also helps, by the way. Kentucky, right now, GP, is number one in the country in offensive turnover percentage, meaning The Wildcats are giving the ball away less often than any other team in the sport. It's uh, Last year, it ranked 127. Right now, it's number one. It's only finished in the top 20 twice ever under Calipari. So not even asking this team to maintain that number one standing. But if it can be top 10 in offensive turnover percentage this season, you are looking at a team that it could be very well in the driver's seat to win the sec because it's not going to have so many unnecessary mistakes i thought tuesday night was a was a major development for kentucky you didn't just beat miami you beat them down even when miami led in the first half great adjustments good job by calipari we're going to give him a lot of credit because he deserves it for what he's done so far we'll see how he tinkers the minutes and the rotations and how much that's even needed but uh the team is rolling right now and yeah, yeah, Pomeroy. I'm going to give most of the credit here to Kentucky for what it did. I'm going to reserve um you know chastising or indicting Miami after uh, after walking in and playing a really good team in, in in you know a pretty tough environment.
0: He couldn't wait to hit update on that on that on that website last night, could he?
1: <laughs> I don't think he actually has to push a button anymore. He used to have. no, he to. does he does it, I think it I think it auto uh it's I actually
0: a lever. You have to pull a lever.
1: We call it auto-populating, and I believe it does that. I got one more thing, by the way. How about this? How about Kentucky being so good? And I don't think this is the first time this has happened, honestly, but being so good to prompt Rick Pitino to tweet. He said, I'm watching Reed Shepard play and thinking about his mom and dad as if it were yesterday. Pitino, of course, coached Reed Shepard's father. Jeff, such a great experience for both of them. Absolutely wonderful people. Make it happen, Reed. Uh one, I love Patino tweeting about Kentucky. Two, this, of course, <laughs> here's Calipari in the middle of, you know, perhaps a mini Kentucky Renaissance. This team is fun to watch for the first time in a long time. And if you check the replies, we've got it's finally time for you to come back, coach. We miss you greatly. <laughs> um, we've got one uh that says, Love you, Ricky. Oh, P. they Thanks. didn't mean
0: come back and coach. They meant just come back and be be a, a
1: honor. Uh, I, I don't know about that. We do have one in the in the replies. Love you, Ricky P. Thank you for 96. And Katina Powell. That seems a little bit spicy there. Oh, come Another on. one. Have that ratchet L tattoo removed and come back and say hello sometime. <laughs> so the uh, the uh, the distance making the heart grow fonder for the Kentucky fans as Cal's getting it done here. I just, Patino tweeting about it. I couldn't help but chuckle seeing that pop up on the timeline and then scrolling through. Um, it actually, and that's obviously not, not going to happen, but um, it's actually... I don't. I guess Louisville being atrocious and Patino having his late career renaissance of his own has actually, like, for some Kentucky fans, I guess they were fine with, with Patino always, but there was definitely, you know, there was there was a schism, and now that being something that is um, getting patched up all the more. I don't know. I think it's it's a it's a cool thing, and I couldn't help but <laughs> but notice him tweeting about that, and that's a, that's a really awesome thing. By the way, if you're unfamiliar, Jeff Shepard was a baller. And, uh, and, and another reason why I, I, I adored those Kentucky teams in the 90s.
0: Most outstanding player of a Final Four.
1: Yeah, he just – really, really good player. And the fact that his son from London, Kentucky, has stepped in right away and been as good as he's been. Um, last thing, and then we can go wherever you want, GP. Um, but the reason why we didn't talk about Reed so much is, hello, number one recruiting class, and you had so many other dudes coming in. And, like, the Edwards hype, the Wagner hype – Bradshaw being this crucial big that they were going to bring in. Could he be the next really, really good Kentucky big? It was understandable for Reed Shepard to just be. And he's in the class. He's not just in the class, man. He's been the most valuable player for that team through the first three and a half weeks of the season.
0: Just uh, one last thing. Put a button on it. You, you pointed it out. Um, they're just not turning the ball over. It, it, listen, you don't, you don't have to be uh, a basketball analyst to look at Kentucky's roster and go, that's one of the most talented, if not the most talented roster in the country. I mean, you multiple projected lottery picks, first round picks, five-star guys, all that stuff, it's there. The question is like, can you can you be good at this level of basketball relying on this many you know, teenagers, relying on this many um, uh, first-year players who just earlier this calendar year graduated from high school? And the idea that they're not, looking like a young team they don't look like a talented but young team they look like a super talented super athletic super fast really good basketball team Um, the poll question that nada put up was uh, do you think kentucky will now win the sec and i guess to that i would say i don't know we'll see but for what it's worth kentucky is the highest ranked sec team that i have in wednesday mornings top 25 and one just ahead of uh ahead of tennessee Elsewhere on Tuesday night, because that wasn't the only game that was played, Mm-mm. Georgia Tech handed Mississippi State its first loss, sixty-seven fifty-nine, and Clemson won at Alabama, eighty-five seventy-seven. Hot seat, Brad, six and zero in year fourteen at Clemson, up to number thirty-five at at Ken Palm. You down? <laughs>
1: okay. Is that how you do it? I think I think it's no, it's that's that's horns down, isn't it? This is you down. This is you. You got it. By the way, if you're listening, you got to watch on YouTube. But that's yeah. uh that's hey, YouTube. There you go. Hey. Yeah. You got to get all to ten life. fingers involved. Man. Uh, what, if, a, what if you don't you, have to? What was that?
0: What is this? I don't know what I'm doing. What is this? Man, I would be terrible at gang signs. <laughs> okay. I just can't even do them. Word from I our partner.
1: Par- Word from our I- partners. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. not an amazing timing and i and and paris looks i don't even know what this is what is that i'm trying to do you down i'm trying to get back on the kid you you Looks like you just walked in to get a manicure that's not you down i think that might be you down. i'm trying to get back on kim Pom's good side (laughs) hey dead leg you're in fayetteville for duke arkansas Uh, I I am, but I think we should get to last night's results first. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to tour through this because Paris is off the rails right now. Okay, uh, let's just spend a quick second. (laughs) The (laughs) chat says I have arthritis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I might have arthritis. (laughs) Bro
1: incredible oh my goodness uh uh apologies if i've woken up anyone next to me in this hotel by the way okay okay here we go level set let's just talk all right clemson 85 77 wins at bama first 6-0 start of brad brownell's coaching career he's in his 22nd season hey it's about time it's about damn it's about (laughs) damn time it is i am taking this dude off of the hot seat, perhaps permanently. Uh, Clemson is uh, a real deal team. It's going to be in the 2024 NCAA tournament. That will be Brad Brownell's just fourth appearance in, I'm just going to give him 20 seasons at Clemson at this point. All of them have been on the hot seat. It's over. He is off. And a credit to former uh, Clemson football SID. He he sent this note out. I, I, I caught it on Tuesday night. This is wild. So they beat Alabama ranked 23rd on the road. It's just the second road win over a ranked non-conference opponent in program history. I'm going to say that again. Clemson, until Tuesday night, had only won once on the road against a non-con-ranked opponent, and that came in 2016 against Frank Martin, coached South Carolina. They were able to do it against Alabama. Um, If Kentucky over Miami for Tuesday night, for me, was much more about Kentucky, Clemson over Bama on Tuesday night was way more about Clemson, PJ Hall, 21, Joe Gerard, 16, Chase Hunter, 15, Ian Shefflin had 14 rebounds. Um, Clemson's got a real good team. Bama's got defensive issues. There's no doubt about it. They've got their own things to work through, but Clemson showing up, shooting well. I mean, they shot 52% from three-point range, GP. They hit 11 of 21 threes, and uh, that team looks the part and and could be, could be, maybe should be a, a top three team in the ACC. We'll see if they can keep it up. But uh, before we kind of do a quick tour through the rest of them, your thoughts on what you saw there, and take it either way, Clemson or Bama side. Bama's now lost two of three, and it's 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 definitely got glaring issues. And from a personnel standpoint, right now, it just doesn't seem like this team has uh, the roster that stacks up with most recent Bama teams.
0: Yeah, I I, I either had Alabama in the preseason top twenty five and one, or right on the edge of the top twenty five and one, and that was mostly because, um, you know, you give. Nate Oates the benefit of the doubt but that roster was always yeah they lost a lot and not just the number two pick in the draft but a lot and um, right now it looks like the roster might not be good enough to to keep Alabama at the level at which Alabama has been in recent years under Nate but uh, it's early we'll see but 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 certainly uh, as excited as you can be about what Clemson might be you have to acknowledge some of this might be we might look up at a month and go hey Alabama's that win wasn't as impressive as it seemed on that night. But, but we'll see. 6-0 is 6-0. I'm with you. If you're a Clemson fan, be encouraged. If you Brad Brunel, be uh, uh, ecstatic. I will remind you, this is Clemson. It they is. started 17-0 in 2007 and missed the NCAA tournament. Might want to slow it down a little bit.
1: I hear you, but uh, but Brownell is off the hot seat, and uh, yeah, they're uh, they're off to their best start as a program since 08-09. I'll give you a couple more quick results. You tell me this one means the most to you. Uh, Kansas perhaps looking ahead to the big game against UConn later this week, and that's a home one for KU. It got a genuine push from Eastern Illinois, but scooted away with a 71-63 win. Old Miss... Beat NC State 72-52, is 6-0. Chris Beard announced afterward that Musa Cisse has been deemed eligible and will make his debut this weekend versus Memphis. Um, There was a video that was going around on television of LSU arriving in Syracuse to a vintage uh, (laughs) Central New York snowstorm. And uh, and LSU looked like it didn't want to be there from the second it walked off the bus. Q's snowblowed him, GP 80 to 57. Judah Mintz, one of the best point guards in the country, it's really a combo guard. He had 33 points, five rebounds, four assists, two steals. A good win for Syracuse, Missouri 171 64 at Pitt. We mentioned that on the Sunday night show. I think that's a near crucial victory for Mizzou's resume. Georgia Tech 171 59 at home overranked Mississippi State, giving the Bulldogs their first loss. And then on Monday, I'll bring it up because I think it's big. Utah won at St. Mary's. Gales are now three and four. I think the Gales are in real danger of not having an at-large resume. It, they, they will need to beat Gonzaga at least once. And when you look at the losses, St. Mary's might only be able to afford to lose only two more times the rest of the season and still viably have an at-large case. What was the biggest stuff from you over the past 24 to 48 hours?
0: Well, the, the, in addition to Miami, Kentucky um, and Alabama Clemson, you know, one of the games I had on a screen was, was Ole Miss NC state and they didn't just beat them by 20. They, they beat them like the, like they were up double digits like that. I mean, they, they handed them from start to finish. And it's just a reminder that look, what happened in Texas happened at Texas. Think of Chris Beard, whatever you want, but he is one of the best basketball coaches in the country. He is somebody who developed a reputation at Texas Tech, even before he got to Texas, as when I would talk to NBA people, they would say, hey, yeah, we go to all these practices. We've been to this practice, that practice, that practice. We've seen them all. The guy running the best practices in in the sport. I I was told this by multiple NBA people. The guy running the best practices in the sport, the most impressive guy we see uh, on a basketball court, teaching, developing, instructing, was Chris Beard. And I'm, I'm not, we talked about Ole Miss in the off season. I said, I, I'm not going to predict Ole Miss to, to get to the NCAA tournament in year one under Chris Beard. But it's, it's definitely something I could envision happening, uh, especially if they get Musa Cissé eligible. And so now here we are. Yeah, they didn't lose a game without him. Now they get him. And he's back just in time for, you know, this will be a big game, particularly in my part of the country. You know, Memphis is only about an hour away from Oxford, Mississippi, and now you got the Tigers going down to Ole Miss. Um, you know, like I think this is true. More Ole Miss alums live in Memphis and the surrounding area, perhaps more than any other place in the country, other than Jackson, Mississippi. Like, like I'm a Memphis grad. My my neighbors are Ole Miss grads. I mean, my wife's an Ole Miss grad. So there's a lot of that, and this will be a big game. Memphis. Um, you know, on the vert, like Memphis is first and others receiving votes in the AP poll. So a a Memphis team that looks like it's headed to the NCAA tournament playing in Oxford against Ole Miss team that's undefeated coming off a 20 point win over NC State and with Musa Sisse making his Ole Miss debut against the school at which he started his college career. That's good stuff. That'll be a fun way to spend a a Saturday.
1: I agree. You want to get to a a tour of uh, Wednesday and Thursday night here?
0: Well, uh, I wanted to. I wanted to ask you first. Okay. Let's focus specifically okay. on the big game uh, tonight, which is it's Duke at Arkansas. You have you you've boy, if I've ever seen a, uh, I could that's a hotel room in Arkansas, no question about it. It is. I made the bed and everything.
1: How about that? You Very made that good. bed yourself? I did. That's pretty good. You can barely. I'm blocking it, but when I move, you can see it. There you go. Yeah, no, that looks pretty good. Yeah, it awesome. looks better Doesn't than around. my bed. It <laughs> looks better than my bed right no now. No doubt about that
0: um hey how's arkansas it's your first time there
1: uh yeah no it's uh it's good i man flying yesterday sat next to a coffer whole whole plane ride
0: oh you got covid
1: it's a tough scene right there whole time man Um, i'm looking around the rest of the plane it was that i connected to chicago so it was the chicago to arkansas one. i'm looking around like no one else is coughing on this damn thing (laughs) except the woman next to me uh you live with it Uh, for you yeah hopefully i'll be all right okay so um Arkansas is good. I went to Arkansas practice yesterday. Uh, um, sat down with Mus for a bit. They got a, they've got a great tent, mini tent city set up. Um, got to see uh, Mus. He and he does this regularly. Um, he just went out to say hello. Guy is a rock star. I mean, he he walks. So practice ends. Uh, we're walking. So Bud Walton Arena is directly across from the Arkansas basketball facilities, and then right next to the facilities is the little lawn area where they had almost 200 tents yesterday at like four o'clock, and they are probably at 250 plus. They were probably 250 plus overnight, and uh, and so the second he walks out, like you know, people just you know kind of get a selfie, selfie here, selfie there. Um, I was actually jotting down a few notes because there was this this one a woman got on the phone and was like, girl, you better come down here right now. Must is here. If you want a picture. And the, her friend did not make it in time because must was there for about five minutes. And then we dipped into the basketball building, but one after another, after another, he debated at the far end, there's a basketball hoop set up uh, at the far end of the lawn. And he debated going and they were playing knockout. Uh, but then one of the staff members was like, cause he almost did it. He's like, man, if you go down there, you will be mobbed. So he did. So it was really cool to see. And he's all about it. Um, they are, they are quite hyped. I posted a few photos. Uh, they've got these rally towels that say Beak Duke that are ready to go. Um, Nolan Richardson, I'm told, will be in the building uh, tonight, which is awesome. It's the first time since 2019 he'll be in the building for a regular season game. And I, I was told, if no other reason, he's just, you know, he's an older man. He's he's still married and uh, COVID hit, So, but he's going to be in there tonight. And, of course, Nolan Richardson.
0: This if you is this- give
1: Nolan Richardson COVID, i am not. Never I'm forgive not- you. <laughs> I'll never forgive you. Okay, first of all, the odds are infinitesimal that that's going to happen there. Um, so so he'll be there. Uh, the atmosphere is hyped. Uh, it's great to finally be here. Basketball Palace of Mid-America, the whole deal. And I so I land, and I'm like, I, I wasn't on social that much. I go, I take pictures, and then I put it out that I was in the arena, and then – uh Pete Thamel who we know direct messages me and Nicole Auerbach uh tweets at me and I get a few other messages saying hey go find Bobby Petrino I didn't know what was <laughs> happening with Bobby I didn't know any of it so oh, I hope I, he's
0: there tonight when
1: I, that is what I'm getting at and I mentioned t- today the court report will make its uh long awaited season debut and I have a line in there about that um it's I think it's official as of this morning it's happening um, oh yeah no he's the
0: offensive coordinator. At okay, so.
1: The building is going to be on fire. They need to have Bobby Petrino in the building for this game tonight. Because if you want to really get those fans go, just a ridiculous. Ride in
0: on a motorcycle.
1: That ex- oh, you, we are of one brain right now. Have this dude come in I, either before the game at halftime on a motorcycle. Just going, not giving whatever. That's not, that's not you down. You're trying. Oh, man. God bless you. It would be an incredible scene. Bobby Petrino returning to Arkansas. Just, I love the fact that I'm here as this story has broken and become official. So uh, it's been a good start so far. I'm going to dip over to shoot arounds here in a little bit. And I can't wait to see uh, and see what we got here. By the way, Nolan Richardson planned to be there tonight. This is the 30th season anniversary, of course, of Arkansas over Duke in the 94 national championship. And just the fifth time, Oh, by the way, it's kind of surprising because when you hear Duke, Arkansas, it might uh, ignite some nostalgia because, you know, I grew up on college hoops in the 90s. These teams have only played four times before, and every other time has been on a big stage. Three times in the tournament, most recently, 2022, This Arkansas was the victim of Coach K's last win, and then he lost to Carolina, of course, but that was the Elite Eight. The two other times were the 90, Final Four, the 94 title game, and then they played a 90 to start the 90-91 season. That was at the Garden. They were both like top 10 teams in the preseason NIT. So every other time that Arkansas Duke have played, there has been there have been huge stakes around it. Uh, but this is the first time these two will play in an on-campus environment. I'm super psyched to be here.
0: So Duke-Arkansas is the headlining game on Wednesday night. But there's some other interesting stuff tonight, tomorrow night. We'll get to that next. But first, one more, just one more word from our partners.
1: Subscribe to Point Point Forward the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.
0: So tonight we get number seven, Duke at Arkansas. Deadleg will be there. He'll have you a 34-minute read by 2 a.m. Mm. Will no questions asked. You. Elsewhere, we got number 10, Tennessee at number 17, North Carolina. Number 14, Texas A&M at Virginia. And Colorado at number 20, Colorado State, the undefeated Rams. We've obviously already discussed Duke-Arkansas. What else interests you? going on tonight
1: uh tennessee north carolina for sure um that's a scheduled seven fifteen eastern start I, if you're trying to plan your night here i would not plan on duke arkansas tipping before nine twenty eastern by the way um tennessee carolina a couple of teams that uh that rank top 15 at kenpom vols going on the road you know the acc sec challenge we got uh, you know miami kentucky wasn't a great one by the end of it but that was an intriguing matchup and then we've got two other really really kind of mainstream ones tonight here tennessee of course coming off two straight losses and losing to purdue and kansas out there in hawaii we will see if it can dodge the aloha hangover um Kansas almost couldn't on Tuesday night, by the way, but other teams, you know, other teams have played since then and they've looked well, but they got to go into North Carolina. UNC is five and one. It's only lost happening, of course, in the Bahamas in overtime. Uh, we'll see. Um, I'm excited to uh, try and get a little bit of eyes on this one. This is obviously going to bleed right into uh, Duke, Arkansas, but I'll, I'll have the laptop there and I'll, uh, I'll try and squeeze in some viewing on that. So that's uh that's an intriguing one and a very valuable game, but Colorado, Colorado state GP, I mean, you mentioned that one. Uh, a and in Virginia is, is, is also very, very good. a um, and coming off
0: a great win on Sunday, missing two starters. I know,
1: so it's a tough spot for them. That's what I'm saying. Right. Now, Virginia also just it, it got got recently by by Wisconsin, so we'll see. Um, but not at full health. If you haven't seen a ton of Virginia yet, um, I'm I just. I got faith they're going to get there and be uh, and be a top 20 level team. Ryan Dunn is the real deal. Um, keep uh, keep an eye on them. But Colorado going to play at Colorado State. Uh, Tad Boyle, for the majority of his career at Colorado, has not shied away from playing road games in state against all the Division one teams in Colorado, and I credit him for that. Uh, here, the Buffs are... I think the Buffs will occupy a spot in the top 25 multiple weeks this season. They're not there right now. But they have the talent. Meantime, Colorado State has one of the best point guards in the country. And Isaiah Stevens, uh, that's a fantastic matchup, and it deserves a lot of attention. And uh, and Colorado State has been, you know, on the list of, of surprises this season. They were expected to be improved from last season, but to get into the polls like this and having a tremendous undefeated start so far under Nico Medved. Uh, that is a terrific, terrific matchup. So, Wednesday's kind of loaded between Duke, Arkansas, Tennessee, Carolina, AM Virginia, Colorado, Colorado State. That's a pretty healthy late November Wednesday slate that we've got there. And uh, to me, uh, Duke, Arkansas, and Tennessee, Carolina are obviously the number ones and number two, but I would not put buffs at Rams that far behind. That game's got great potential.
0: Uh, Colorado, Colorado State would be ranked versus ranked, but Colorado lost a neutral court overtime game to Florida State uh other than if not for that we'd be undefeated against undefeated ranked against rank that's a great matchup between two in-state uh rivals and listen san diego state i think deserves the benefit of the doubt um for the time being but colorado state looks like they can challenge the aztecs uh in the mountain west conference nevada also off to a nice start, four and zero, up to forty third at Ken Palm, New Mexico, uh, five and one in the top fifty at Ken Palm. So right now, the Mountain West Conference has four top fifty Ken Palm teams. One of them is Colorado State uh, in a game against Colorado tonight, Thursday night. Liberty at number thirteen, FAU, Texas Tech at Butler, Creighton at Oklahoma State. You care about any of that?
1: Um. Yeah, I, I think it's not quite as good as as what we've got on on Wednesday, but I'd say the I'd say Liberty at FAU is the most intriguing one. Um, Liberty is top forty at Kempom right now. GP six and zero. Richie mm-hmm. McKay has done a very very good job. They don't have a top one hundred win yet, but have beaten Furman, Wichita State, Vermont teams that are that are respected for. Yeah, uh, they have
0: four top one fifty wins, zero top one hundred, but four top one fifty.
1: Got, got to play FAU in FAU's gym, so we'll see. But that's a uh, that's a that's a pretty good one there. And if if Liberty could pull that off, New to CUSA would be would be huge to that cause. FAU, of course, five and one, and we talked about them plenty recently. They've got Liberty and Charleston coming up because this is uh, uh Shouts to our to our friends. This is the field. <laughs> At the field of 68 did they call it the classic I, I i think it's something like that but they uh they helped organize this uh and uh and that's 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 a big one um and that's an intriguing one Heck, butler uh that we'll see if thad mata can really the five and two be penn state boise state down in florida um tech has been a little bit bumpy not a ton of appeal there thursday's just not as good um creighton coming off you know a loss against Colorado State that the result isn't stunning, but it was 69-48. So we'll see. And, oh, by the way, they announced on Tuesday uh, Doug McDermott will get his jersey retired on the 10-year anniversary of his final college season. He's a top-10 all-time scorer in college basketball history. Um, he might actually – he's like – is he top five? I'd have to look it up. Um, he, he might be top five. Uh, that's going to happen against Villanova. In a less than a month on December twentieth, uh, but Creighton will play at Oklahoma State, Mike Boynton's team desperately with the, with the opportunity to play this game at home. It really, 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 really needs that kind of win. Um, so Thursday night is good, as Wednesday, but I'm sure there'll be something that'll happen that we'll get to on Friday morning show.
0: Oklahoma State is just three and three with losses to Abilene Christian, Saint Bonaventure, and Notre Dame. So that's a rough start, but still. Like um, a road game against a Big Twelve opponent, that's a that that can that can be problematic for for anybody, or at least most people. And so that that's a that's an interesting game on paper. Creighton having to go there, um, the Liberty FAU game. You mentioned top forty at Kim Bomb, Uh Liberty is 39th. Um, They've got those four top one hundred and fifty wins. Clear favorite in CUSA at this point. How about this? You don't get this every day.
1: Yep, it's
0: a non league game. Yeah, between the reigning CUSA champ.
1: Uh- <laughs> That's true,
0: and probably the future CUSA champ.
1: That's, uh, but it's that's, a non-league game. And it is. It is a non-league game. I hadn't thought about it like that, but uh, it is. And and for FAU, the way it is scheduled, um, I'm not calling this an easy game because it's not. But with the way that it put with Dusty May and his staff, the way they were able to put together that schedule. This kind of game is one of the ones that's kind of like, you know, filler-esque, and it's not filler whatsoever. That's going to be a a real, real legitimate challenge. By the way, poll results, Mm -hmm. 72% of the people in the chat believe that Kentucky is now, they say that Kentucky is now their expected favorite to win the SEC. Uh, If we had asked this question three weeks ago, I don't think that number would have topped 25%, which goes to show you how impressive UK has been so far. So 72%. So far now would put Kentucky in the driver's seat in the SEC. We'll see if they can keep that up. I got one question for you. So I had a couple people reach out and wanted to know why you're not here with me. I mean, you could admit you could have made the drive. We could have we could attack team and covered this Dude, game. You know, I'm, a, I'm a state table. over.
0: Arkansas is from Memphis.
1: How about this? Arkansas is is sneaky big because I was talking to uh, Anthony Rudo, one of the Arkansas assistants, and we were we just got to talking about I don't know recruiting this and that, and here and there, and then um, Arkansas State came up. And I was like, yeah, where is Arkansas State, by the way? Uh, and then he's like, it's about like four hours and like 30 minutes away. I'm like, it's four hours and 30 minutes away, and it's in the state of Arkansas? Sneaky big state. And he's Jonesboro. And then he said Jonesboro, I think it's like 45 minutes from Memphis. Yeah. So if I was at Arkansas State, you could scoot up. But yeah, yeah no, I am tucked in the northwest corner here.
0: No, it's wild. Okay, so I'm at my home. I am in the state of Mississippi. I can see that. I can be in Tennessee in 10 minutes
1: you're gonna run that stop sign in your neighborhood
0: oh buddy yeah every day yeah (laughs) i could be in tennessee in 10 minutes i could be in arkansas in 30 but the university of tennessee is six hours from me yeah and the university of arkansas is five hours from me
1: (sighs) yeah that's that's a real drive what was the last time you were at bud walton do you remember how long it's been it's
0: been a while um I, I've been there multiple times. I was there as a beat rider What? Hey, only time I've ever thrown up in the middle of a game was at Bud Walton Arena. Food poisoning. Uh, sincerely, yeah. I like. I had to. Go, I had to leave courtside, go throw uh, up, wash oh, my mouth you, out, come back. Follow a game story.
1: Were you courtside though? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. They. 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 They got us about midway up the. Uh, the standings there. Yeah, but that would have been, uh, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, that been like. Yeah. That would have been like.
0: Twenty years ago,
1: yeah, yeah, no, I (laughs) I got you, I got you, and then, um, um,
0: and then I've gone back since I've been at CBS, um, multiple times. It feels like I remember being there when Pat Beverly was there at some point, or some uh, I don't know, okay, yeah. But I've been there multiple times. It's it's fabulous. I I, like when Arkansas was in those down years. I I could because I grew up in this. Like Memphis, Arkansas was a big rivalry when I was a kid. Um, Nolan Richardson like would come into Memphis and recruit, you know, Todd Day um you know they they got big time memphis high school players took them to Fayetteville and then won a national championship with them um and and like made, Arkansas was arkansas was like it was like unlv arkansas duke yes. like those were the biggest programs in america and um so um it, it's i've when they were in those down years until really for the most part until must took over um i always said like that that's the place that if it like if they if they ever get the right hire It'll, it'll be amazing. And obviously under Muss, it's been it's been amazing. And you'll, you'll have a blast tonight. That building will be it, – I don't know if it'll be as good as you've ever seen, but it'll be on the list of as good as you've ever seen.
1: I'd say it's going to be as good as I should expect it for an Arkansas team that is at one point was ranked 14th but is no longer ranked and now is facing – and I have this in the court report as well. It is facing probably as urgent of a situation as it could have imagined um, at four and three, losers of three of four. Ah, uh, the most recent home game was a loss against UNC Greensboro, and so I, the building will be uh, absolutely up for it. I I know that uh, a sold out crowd. I like how it's it's like semi built into the ground, so um, like you can tell, like some of it's like you you walk in and some of it has kind of been built uh, into the lower uh, because the the it's a huge it's a huge arena. I mean, it, it's a lot seat. of
0: arenas are like that, where like like Madison Square Gardens like that, FedEx right, is like that. but it's built underground,
1: but. One of this size of the on a college campus isn't yeah. as common, but it, it seats 19,200. I mean, it's one of the five or six biggest on-campus arenas that we have in the sport. Um, but when I walked in yesterday, and we'll see how it feels once there, once it fills up. Um, it it looks big, it feels big, but it doesn't feel expansive. It actually, for, for 19,000 plus, it actually feels a bit cozy. And some of that's due to, in the Arkansas fans, and people that have been in the building, know what I'm talking about here, when it was built, how it was built. And this isn't great, I guess, for 2023 when you've got uh, what are called like bunker level suites. And that's a new kind of thing. The suites are on the main concourse. They're a bit more removed. But you have this great lower bowl that I'm going to say is, I'm going to say that's a minimum 35 rows on lower level. And so it's, uh, they've got a really, really good thing there. And it's right in the middle of campus. Arkansas as a university, it's athletic. They've got like this, it feels like a two and a half mile stretch of just, One facility after another, after another, after another. They have an elite baseball team, an elite track and field team. The Arkansas football facility is obviously incredible. So I took a quick tour around campus yesterday. We'll do again uh, a little more today to kind of peek around. And I'm I'm very excited. What I did not get a chance to do yesterday that I'm going to try and do today, I haven't launched it from the snout yet. I got to launch it from this. I got to make one shot from the snout. I gotta make that I gotta make that happen for the podcast.
0: Shouts to Alex Dillard.
1: Shouts to Alex Dillard. And you would appreciate this. If you go to my Twitter feed, you'll see I took a picture. It's Nolan Richardson court. They've got the modern hog at the middle of the at the middle of the court, that logo. But you and I both have a, a fond affection slobber hog for the slobber hog. And next to Nolan Richardson's signature, where they have it emblazoned, they've got the old Arkansas hog. Um, which which is which is slobbering like crazy. They've got oh. that snout too. It's it's a smaller one, but I was like, this is a really really awesome touch. And uh, yeah, man, we can wrap the show. I can't wait I, for this game to start. I have a
0: question for you. I thought about okay. this um at some point. Did you consider, and if not, why not? Going straight from Fayetteville to Lawrence, Kansas for UConn, Kansas on Friday. Uh,
1: four I, hours. You could have done this. I guess I could have. I I didn't consider it. Um, it's right there. I know I'm going to see UConn plenty. Uh, that's true. I've been to fog Allen. I should, I should have, uh, uh, I can guarantee you, uh, there will not be a late adjustment because my w- my wife will be like, excuse me. Yeah. You're going to see Yukon. We live in Connecticut and I'm going to see Yukon again. I uh, see him check the schedule here. GP in next week, right? Yeah. Next week, Jimmy V. So I'm seeing Yukon on Tuesday against Carolina as is. So that was also part of it, but it's Yukon at Kansas. That's a top five matchup. Uh, you know, and that's road environment. UConn. Oh, by the way, uh, they have officially now have the NCAA record. They beat Northern Hampshire Monday night, 24 Street, double-digit wins. Uh, we'll obviously preview that game on Friday. That's going to have to be another f- final four and one Friday matchup, top five matchup. We have no choice. So, oh, I listen.
0: I'm over that. There okay. was a time in my life where I would not pick a Friday game, but I'm I'm past that.
1: All right. there, we I've go. I've tried
0: to I've tried to adjust and be a little more flexible mm-hmm. as I've advanced in age. Try to be a little more flexible. I'm ready to pick Friday games. I'll pick some right now if you want to. Well, we don't have to. Those fingers
1: don't look that flexible, by the way.
0: Maybe yeah. I do have arthritis.
1: <laughs> well, I want to get that checked out. You're right, Pinky. There's there, You're right, Pinky, man. It looks like... Now I'm a yeah, Trekkie. It looks like you played receiver in the NFL in, 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 for seven years. You got a I little bad action there. You I can't
0: would. play receiver in the NFL with these little hands. That's I got it. little Trump hands. That's okay. I got little Trump hands. Let's go. <laughs> look at me.
1: I, I think I'm done with your hands, by the way. All, all right. All yeah, right.
0: Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry M. F. and Teagle legend. Shouts to Huck. Shouts to Larnell. Shouts to Alex Dillard. Thank you guys once again for uh watching, listening to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. If you're uh, if you're not. Keep going. Leave my fingers alone. <laughs> you would think you would think if I had these embarrassing <laughs> fingers, I would just like do the podcast like this i would just hide them behind me <laughs> what kind of idiot takes his little embarrassing <laughs> wrinkled fingers and shoves them in people's faces
1: someone says it looks like a crinkled french fry oh my gosh what a comment
0: i'm gonna go dip my fingers and catch up <laughs> okay <laughs> there's more of us than there are of them that's got to be reflected in the comments app on spotify so go subscribe if you're not subscribed we'll talk to you again on friday morning till then take care